0: This podcast is brought to you by ARC Facilities, providing instant mobile access to facility information for on-the-go teams. To learn more about our smart building technology, visit arcfacilities.com. And now, welcome to the Facility Voices Podcast with your host, David Trask. Hi, I'm David Trask from Arc Facilities, and this is Facility Voices, the podcast that brings you real-world FM experiences from the front lines in the field. I'd like to welcome my guest today. It's Christian Gonzalez, sales manager for Zona FACTA. Christian, welcome.
1: Hey, David. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on.
0: No, I appreciate you joining. So, Christian, tell us a little bit about you and your
1: background. Well, David, so let's see. I was born in Puerto Rico and I was raised in Colorado. I was raised by my dad. He raised me and my brother. We joined the military, we joined the Navy. Oh, thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Let's see, I did nine years in the Navy. I bounced around from Japan, the Philippines. At one point I was in Guam, did a little bit of uh, some state tours in uh, Virginia and also Washington. I was a radar operator. Like I said, I did a whole lot of stuff in the Navy from career counselor to air crew scheduling definitely got a lot of experience with that. And then after leaving the military, I wanted to find myself and find what I wanted to do afterwards. And my brother started a company called Zona Facta, which is a veteran owned security company. And we offer physical security, armed guards, unarmed guards, executive protection, cybersecurity as well. So we do a little bit of all so my current role with the company is I run the sales operations. I'm the one that's reaching out to the companies, ensuring that we are meeting what they need and also figuring out how we can fix the safety scope of the states that we're in. So we're currently licensed in Colorado, Texas, and Oklahoma, but we are nationwide. We have uh, tons of subcontracting opportunities with other companies. So at the current moment, Zona Factor is nationwide. So we are very proud of that.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And security and safety is top of mind for so many organizations out there and especially from schools to hospitals and manufacturers that I I speak with around the country, they're all looking at that as top of mind. So, what is a security plan and what does security mean to you? So,
1: a security plan is a little bit different to everybody, right? So, a security plan is like critical for organizations but it could be different for everybody, right? So by that, I mean, it could be that it deals with the NFPA, which is the National Fire Protection Association. It could even be the different building codes, you know, that some require. So that is a very, very interesting perspective because at that point, you're looking into state regulations as well as county regulations. And then it goes into building size regulations and all that. So with the security plan, It's just really important to make sure that it includes like the threat analysis, the security protocols, the response strategies. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that you want to make sure that you're encompassing all of it when you're looking at a security plan and not that's not something that you're ever going to want to be specific and down to the dot. If you know what I mean, David,
0: I would imagine it involves a lot of flexibility as things change, too. Absolutely. So, I mean, really, the ultimate goal is
1: to safeguard the people, the property, even information in some cases, all while maintaining like the operational continuity. You know what I mean? So that's probably one of the biggest things
0: for facility management
1: to look into is a security plan.
0: So let's talk a little bit about how security professionals work directly with facilities people. How is that interaction and what involvement is there from a security professional and directly working with facilities?
1: So the security professionals, it's exactly what's in the title, right? So they are going to be the experts in the threat analysis, the threat assessments, and also the security enhancements. So whenever there's going to be companies that do want to move on from their current security measures and and do that upgrade, I highly advise that they contact a security professional of some sort. You know, that's not something that you're ever going to want to do on your own. People think that the easy road is to put up a camera and that will protect it all. No, you know, the truth is, is that they are there for implementing security measures that align with like the overall management and functionality of the facility. That's what they are trained to do. That's what should be used.
0: I could definitely see that. And I think that the other challenge, and I've heard this, and I I work with a lot of organizations around the country that are building new buildings, and how does security play a role and influencing the design and layout of facilities?
1: So again, that falls into like the county. There's so many county regulations with the buildings. Now, I'm not too familiar with the building regulations. And also, again, going down to like the county regulations for the states that we are licensed in. What I do know is that the plans are going to be really specific for each building. But They always are going to be integrated into like a broader organizational security structure. Like those plans always are put into a bigger plan. So they're not going to just build something that didn't make sense in the overall scheme of the bigger plan, if that makes sense, David.
0: No, it does. And I I think a lot of considerations with design construction right now are on safety because, I mean, think about it from the school safety perspective with so many active shooter events, and and not just schools, but healthcare, there's a huge issue with violence and healthcare right now too. But I think a lot of organizations are taking consideration, even bulletproof glass or safety measures on doors, things like that. So I think that probably plays a big role, or I would assume it plays a big role in some of the design elements or even the retrofitting of some of those buildings so that they can encompass some of those new security measures.
1: So what's really interesting is with that whole layout of where they're putting a building and what is required in that building, David, one thing I wanted to touch on was, so there's something that's called CPTED, which is a crime prevention through environmental design. So basically the easiest way to explain that is there's going to be designs around parks, neighborhoods, and these designs are essentially made to be more welcoming, and to feel safer. So as an outsider, as a civilian, you're not going to look at a neighborhood or at a architectural design and look at that and say, okay, this was made to feel more welcoming. But that's what the beauty of security is, though, is that there's it's everywhere, but you just may not see it. So with that being said, the idea is that when it's like designed, there's going to be bright, it's going to be open areas. But overall, I mean, the main thing is to help prevent crime. So I do think that that's why uh, plaza centers start becoming more of a thing. You notice that stores will be more conjoined and then it'll turn into a whole plaza center. Right. And then you'll notice that there's going to be security for that plaza center by having one solo store needing security. So it's very interesting to touch on.
0: Sure. What are some of the different security plans or types of security plans?
1: So there's tons of different security plans that it really, really, really depends on the company, right? That's a vague question. David. (laughs) Basically, like a security plan is going to address like the immediate actions during an incident, right? So it's going to be like the response, even the pre-threat assessment, but it can even go as far as protecting digital assets. There's A lot of companies that are making a lot of money, there's a lot of information that's uh, attached and a lot of data that's attached to these companies. And it's important to be able to track all of this. So as companies grow, if you're not growing and protecting that data, there's absolutely no way that that company is going to stay solid. You have to be able to track all of your data. From the beginning, you have to track it.
0: No, I could definitely see that. We've, We've seen security... Security breaches or cyber threats have been increased tremendously over the last 10, 15 years, and cyber attacks are prevalent everywhere. But how is security involved in that? And what is the role that security plays in that?
1: With cybersecurity? Correct. So, the most important thing with cybersecurity is being able to identify like the vulnerabilities, because at the end of the day, it's a prevention. You know what I mean? Really, that's how security in general is. It's to prevent crime. There's no guarantee to complete safety, but that's what we're doing. We're preventing crime. We don't ever want to. We want to prevent versus be reactive, if you get where I'm going with that. So with cybersecurity, again, it's important to be able to identify the vulnerabilities so that you're able to implement the strategies to protect your data. A lot of people are unfamiliar with cybersecurity, David. It's just important to be able to, once you understand what cybersecurity is, it's important to be able to establish the protocols that go with it. Once you establish those protocols, it's important from there to train on it. That is something that I will say the the military engraved in me from the first moment I stepped on board a ship. I mean, we were learning about cybersecurity left and right. It was very, very important, even tying into OPSEC, which is operational security. Ensuring that the bad guys don't know the important information.
0: Once they're in, they go anywhere. There's a substantial, I've seen substantial business continuity interruptions. There's one organization I talked to, it was, a, it was higher ed. And again, this isn't necessarily even their, came in the front door through their organization. It came in through the back door through a payroll system. So it was tied into their system, but they got in through a third party. So I think the business continuity side was interrupted because they ended up having to write paper checks for paychecks, as well as all their vendors for months and months, and all because they got in the back door through another third party something. So how have you seen or what are some ways that you've seen that the impact on continuity has been impacted by cybersecurity? So what I'm
1: seeing with cybersecurity is that there's a lot of companies that are just not tapping into it, and there's a lot of companies, and that's what I was saying earlier, was that there's a lot of companies that are just unfamiliar with it. You can even compare it to it's like crypto or like a smartphone. You know, once it once something gets introduced, you know, to the world, it, it takes a while. Unfortunately, cybersecurity, it, I think it's going to be the hard lesson learned where people are going to start realizing that security data breaches are a lot more significant than what it sounds like. You know, it's when if you type in security data breach and you learn about the amount of money that companies are losing, I mean, we're talking about a trillion in the US in a year. The number starts climbing. It starts going absolutely insane at the amount of damage that the outsiders can really cause to a company. That's why I always say that the tracking of the data is important, but the protection of the data is ultimately the main goal.
0: So should an organization have specific security plans for each building on their campus or around their city or, or wherever they're located around the world?
1: Depending on GDPR and all that? Correct. So the general data protection regulation and there's also like, the, you know, again, all the building codes, the NFPA It's just important to stay current with the standards. And I say that just from a human being to a business owner. Like, I mean, you have to make sure that you're staying up to standards with that stuff because that's what's going to keep your business going. You know what I mean?
0: Sure, sure. Well, and I think a lot of orgs struggle with that. They don't know what they don't know. You know, they struggle identifying some of those potential threats. So what are some key things that you recommend that orgs look out for when they're looking at security threats?
1: When looking at security threats, I would definitely be looking at location, for one. I think when looking at it, you just have to be able to have the correct mentality when having a facility management process start. So the most important thing with, I think this is safe to say with facility management, that you never want to take a shortcut. Is that correct, David? That's, I think that's a fair statement. It's the exact same thing with security. Because the moment you take a shortcut, that's when something is going to happen. I'm sure it's the exact same thing with facility management. The moment you take a shortcut, everything else starts falling out of place. So I would say the the best advice that I can give with that, and not necessarily just with uh, security, not with having physical security, I mean with the building codes and the regulations and the actual litigations that you're supposed to have once. I think you have the mentality that you're going to do everything to the standard and done correctly. I think that's where facilities can actually grow correctly.
0: How important is collaboration in an organization? So I'm an organization and, and I'm looking at my risks that I've got or potential risks to my org for, for assessment purposes. I want to look, at, look myself in the mirror and, and identify some of these things who's involved in that collaboration and do you recommend collaborating with other peers in your work? For one, there is
1: something that we learned in the Navy and it's called TPI, two-person integrity. You never want to do a risk assessment with just one person. So I say this to any facility manager, if you have a risk assessment happening and it is one person, you have to understand that you are getting a opinion from one person. So not to say that that's incorrectly done, all I'm saying is have several. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with having several risk assessments. With that being said, there is always going to be various departments that go with the risk assessment. There's always going to be an external and there's always going to be an internal. I say this based off of how we run things in in our company, David. Uh, I can't speak for all security companies. But again, there should be an internal and external risk assessment being done. From there, it's just important to have the collaborative approach. And by that, I mean, it's important to understand that we are not meant to be able to do it all. That's why they're security professionals. You know what I mean? So we touched on that a little bit earlier. So the security professionals that are, are trained to look for those kind of things, to identify those kind of threats, there's no such thing as a perfect layout of a building there's no such thing as as uh as true 100% safety david you know what i mean so that's why it's important for those security professionals to come in and to be able to identify how to prevent this as much as possible
0: so let's talk a little bit about your potential like you walk into a new client or a new prospective client and you're going to talk to somebody or talk to the organization what type of departments are you guys talking to that are involved in Building this type of a program for the security plan. Correct.
1: Well, David. So I run the sales operations. So, you know, I'm not necessarily talking to many facility managers as I'd like to be. When a security company comes in, they're normally being approached with, you know, the facility managers to be contacting the the security professionals. Like I said, you're always going to have the internal and external. But from there, you might even have a risk assessor and a threat assessment as two different things, and as well as a cyber assessment. The whole process is that you just want to make sure that you're getting it from all angles. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that it's an open dialogue. You want to make sure that as a facility manager, you're also involving other people as well. You should not only be the only person that is collecting all of this information. And as I keep saying before, What do I keep saying, David? you want to make sure that you're collecting the data? So when you have this risk assessment and the threat analysis, like, you know, what exactly are you gaining from this? Is is this person coming up to you and saying, your place is good to go and it's going to be this much? What exactly are they analyzing? Make sure that they print it out and that you store that data and possibly use it as a focal point for your next upgrade in the building.
0: You know, I think a lot of orgs, you're right. There should be multiple eyeballs on things and multiple multiple views, and and be open to that. And I think a lot of organizations, when they look at it from a security or look at it from one perspective, blinders tend to be on a little bit. Whereas another person coming in, whether that's an IT group, whether that's I mean, I do a lot of work with healthcare and even the nurses or the nurse stations or the doctors they see things that facilities may not recognize all the time facilities is there to fix something facilities is there to maintain something, but they're not there seeing how the patients interact or how other things are changing in their environment. So, especially in the healthcare side, as I mentioned, you know, compliance is a huge issue and a huge priority, not just in healthcare, but, but in other types of verticals and other types of industries, How does risk and security play a role in compliance?
1: So risk and security and compliance, it's unique because there's a lot of challenges that just with the maintaining the compliance in general, right? So there's not too much that I can talk about with that just because from there, I have personal stories, but I can't share too much with the companies that I've learned about. The one thing that I will say is that it's just important to understand the compliance and follow
0: it. So how does training, you mentioned earlier that training is a big deal, obviously, an awareness is especially important. How do you see successful organizations approaching both of these? So
1: training and awareness, right? So there's something that coming from a veteran-owned security company, something that we stress to our guards. All the time is SA and that is situational awareness. So that ties in beautifully with training and awareness. The successful organizations that are out there are going to be the ones that are are approaching training openly and the ones that are condoning it, right? So you have to be able to lead from the front. You have to have, and that's why I said, you know, you have to be able to have multiple people collect information. I think it's safe to say in, in any company that you need to be able to train your relief. At any given point, a person can go down for whatever reason. We need to be able to pass on this information, train people, train our reliefs, because at the end of the day, we cannot do it all by ourselves. I think with training, there needs to be just be a lot more programs that aren't being involved because there's a lot of evolving changes and going out, especially with the regulations and compliances that we keep talking about, David, that changes. So If that changes, that means the training change should. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And what are some of the, when things evolve, things change, what is your recommendation? Is this something that, that you think training should be done on a regular scheduled basis? Or is it just as things changes, what are some of the ways that you've seen training methods work? So I'd love
1: to give a shout out to the company. There's different companies that I've seen. And one that I've seen done very, very well is that they've separated training and awareness. And it's very, very important to be able to understand the differences, right? So you have a training program and you have an awareness program. And the training, to answer your question, David, the training should be as an ongoing thing. It should never stop. Training should never stop. And I say that to any company. doesn't matter what line of business we're in. Training should never stop. But the awareness, I think, should be done in programs or like in an event, because an awareness program is what's going to open your mind and open those kind of thoughts and have open dialogues. So those dialects is what's going to be, again, tracked and stored. And that's what's going to be able to keep building and building, whether you're building on the business model, building on the, again, next upgrade for the building, whether it's enhancing the security measures, there's always going to be stuff to do. But those separating that training and awareness, I think, is a key point.
0: I agree. I talked to a guy the other day and he said, we learn from every incident. You know, and this is a school, so they have different kinds of incidents that happen all the time. But he said, we don't just learn, we evolve. And what he was getting at, and I I thought this was great, is he said, we identify the gaps in our current processes. When an event happens, and hopefully they're not catastrophic gaps, but he said, then we make changes as we identify those gaps. And I think that's a smart approach. It's we learn from what we don't know. That's right. So, well, how do you recommend an organization start to build a security plan? So...
1: The first thing you want to do is you want to outline like the primary steps right? involved in creating the whole plan. So the first thing is first, I'd probably you want to get like your tools and resources the same way you want to want to start any project or start anything in life. You want to make sure that you can get all your tools and resources. The first thing I would do is contact a security professional. And from there, I would do research on that company on why essentially you're reaching out to them they're going to be the ones that are going to direct you from there on that first step. Once you have that direction from that security professional, you're going to be able to get from there, the security measures that you know you need, whether it be that you need to contact this company for the NFPA regulations, or whether it's, you need to go this route for the GDPR for the data protection. You know what I mean? So that's why I always say you want to make sure you contact the security professional because whether you're thinking that, that you're contacting them to land a sale or to that you're going to land business with them. No. Get the information that you need, track the information, store that information, and then use it from there to be able to conduct and create that building security plan.
0: This is great, Christian. I, I appreciate you sharing your insights. And for the audience, look forward to catching you on the next episode of Facility Voices. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in to Facility Voices, a podcast that explores the big issues and challenges facing the facility management industry today. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions for topics and guests. Send an email to communications at arcfacilities.com or reach out to our host, David Trask, on LinkedIn. Facility Voices is brought to you by Arc Facilities.